and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I love talking college hoops with this next guest. Good buddy of ours, Casey Jacobson from FS1 and the Pac-12 Network. Love watching his stuff and obviously former Stanford standout. Played for the Phoenix Suns in the NBA. Casey joins on a program. Casey Bernsey's off today. His son's getting married tomorrow. So Steve Zinsmeister filling in. What's going on? Gambo, it's good to hear from you. Steve, good to meet you over the phone. Thanks for having me on. You guys know this is late February. March is around the corner. This is my favorite time of year. It's also, uh, I, I turned 42 years old in about three weeks' time as well. Wow. So, uh, yeah, getting it, it's busy in the Jacobson household right now. Yeah, how are the three girls doing? Uh, uh, they're doing great, Gamble. Thanks for asking. Ellie is now 16 years old. It's weird to say that out loud. I have a 16 year old daughter, but uh, she's six foot one. She plays volleyball. We'll see if uh, she's if she's going to be a Division one player. Wow! Uh, in, in the next few months, but well, we're having a good time. Everybody's happy and healthy. I got a daughter that's a doctor. Believe it or not, I have a daughter that's a doctor. How crazy is that? All right, let's let's talk some hoops. You know, you know, I love the U of A team. You know, I love them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tabellis has had a tough stretch the last couple of games, hasn't played very well. But when him and Bala were on and Crease and Rainey are hitting their shots, this team is very difficult to beat. And you know how hard it is for teams to win in McHale. Uh, but just give me your thoughts. Me and you talked a few weeks ago. I told you I'm a little bit worried about their depth. I don't really see much depth on this roster. Give me your thoughts on what you've seen out of U of A so far. I love U of A. They're one of the surprise teams for me. Uh, you know, they were a top 20 preseason team, so I'm not saying that that, that, um, that they're a huge surprise, just, just a little bit. I, I thought that they would take a big step back, and they haven't. Um, addressing your uh, depth um, comment, Gambo, I would say that for me, depth is underrated in practice. It's overrated in the games. Most good college basketball teams, and when I mean good, like teams that could make the second weekend of the NCAA tournament, so like top 20 teams in the country, only have maybe, maybe seven good players. So I shouldn't worry about it. Yeah, you shouldn't worry about it at all. Like, like, even just look at the like past national champions, whether it be Virginia, you know, North Carolina, or Villanova. Those teams had six or seven guys, maybe, and they were they were just fine as long as you have like elite, good guys that can make buckets or multiple players that can take over a game. You're, you're just fine. So, um, but. Arizona's season has been, I mean, it's, it, there's three different seasons in college, right? There's the non-conference, the conference, and the postseason. Their non-conference was amazing. I mean, Arizona just five wins everybody. against good teams, including Tennessee, yeah. Indiana. They were five good wins for them. Yeah, and they won the Maui Invitational, which is one of the most noteworthy non-conference uh, tournaments that we have in college basketball. They play a unique brand. There are not a lot of college teams that play two centers. In fact, I can't really think of any that play two, uh, like, you know, real traditional, like, Julius Tebels could be a center. He's versatile, but he could be a center on any other team in the country. Um, and so anybody who plays Arizona is dealing with a team that is unique in that right and the tempo that they play as well. These, these aren't plotting uh, big guys. They uh, race up and down the floor. Are they better um, suited now to beat a team? Say they get in a bracket with Houston. Like, they ran into that athleticism yeah. last year, and that just knocked them out. They really didn't have an answer for a team that is just loaded 
with U of A is really skilled. Even, you know, Pele coming off the bench and knocking down. I love what Cedric Henderson has given for them, too, with the size. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're better suited now to handle a team with that much athleticism? No. Uh, I thought last year, last year's team was significantly more talented. It, I think Christian Coloco was one of the best, or if not the best, defensive center in the country last year. Ben Matherin was the best shooting guard in America, I thought. I loved, absolutely loved everything about Arizona's team last year. The only thing I, I doubted, and it did come to fruition a little bit, was they had no experience in real monster, big postseason games against a team like Houston. I thought it was a terrible matchup. Houston is tough, uh, though, guys, to play anybody, like just the style that Kelvin Sampson plays. They grind it down. They they try and you know slow down the tempo. They're super physical. Uh, they have a good backcourt with Marcus Sasser, although he didn't play last year in the tournament. He was hurt. But um, guys like Jamal Shedd, their point guard, Tremont Mark. I mean, those guys had experience. They had been to the Final Four the year before. Nobody on Arizona's team had won an NCAA tournament game last year when they played. So this year's team – so let me bring it back to this year's team. I don't think this year's team is better than last year's team. However – I think everybody who played in that NCAA tournament game, both the TCU game and the Houston game, they're better for it. They're better, they're tougher, and they can at least just draw back on that experience and say, okay, we're not going to be surprised by a physical team like Houston if we see them again. That's what they have going for them. Talking to Casey Jacobson, FS1 and Pac-12 Network College Hoops Analyst here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Casey, I'll ask you about the uh, team here in town, ASU. Uh, there's an argument to be made, if you're looking at wins and losses only, that this is one of Bobby Hurley's best seasons at ASU. But the problem is, if the last three games of the season don't go their way, and you don't make the tournament, then you're looking at four straight years without making the tournament. So I guess my question to you is, if that is the scenario that plays out, is ASU looking for a new coach at the end of this year? Um, I don't know. I don't like to live in these, like, if if they don't win all three of their games or if they don't perform well in the Pac-12 tournament. Um, he will certainly be on a hot seat, and I guess certainly anybody in his, not just a Bobby Hurley thing, this is a high major college basketball. If you missed four tournaments in a row and you've been up and down and all around, I think any coach, regardless of where you come from or what what program you coach, there will be some doubts. There will be some rumors. So I, I think Arizona State fans, and probably Bobby Hurley, knows that. However, here's the good news for Arizona State. They have three quad one away games. I mean, that's tough, but it's actually good. That's what you want. You, you don't want for the last three games of your season for an Arizona State team who is definitely on the bubble, probably on the wrong side of the bubble, but they're there, they're there in the conversation, what you want to have is the most difficult schedule in America. That's what you want. You don't want to be playing Cal right now. You don't want to be playing Oregon State. You want to be playing Arizona, UCLA, and USC all on the road, which is what the Sun Devils are facing. In in fact, I'd actually go out and say that uh, the Sun Devils' remaining schedule is probably the toughest in the country outside of anybody who's playing in the Big 12 Conference right now. Um, having to do that on the road is is a monster, and it's an all-hands-on-deck situation. What do I mean? I mean, DJ Horn's got to be efficient from three. Frankie Collins got to keep his turnovers low and be a distributor. Des Cambridge, he's going to get out in passing lanes and get into steals, but sometimes he can go one for eight from three. He can't have one of those 
really terrible games. And Devin Cambridge is going to be asked to defend guys like Azula Subelis, and he's going to have to do a good job. If all these things can happen and Arizona State goes – Two and one, and wins a couple of games in the Pac-12 tournament. Now we're talking, right? But the the, the task of winning in McHale is almost impossible. You know that. I mean, it's one of the it's best. Not home- impossible, Gambo. Washington State did it this year already. Okay, but okay. keep going. Okay, but come on. In, in all of college basketball, they had one of the best home court advantages ever. Like the, you know. Uh- they do. They they've have, they have incredible win streaks there, Arizona. They barely, they rarely ever lose at home. They have one of the best home court advantages in all of college basketball. Yeah, you're, you're correct. You also um, do you know that I had a winning record at McHale? Just want to throw that out there. I know I know this interview isn't all about. Me, I know that's Campo, I know that's that's the last time Stanford had, actually had a good basketball program. Correct. That, <laughs> that is a true statement. But yes, I, okay. I played let me at McHale Center three times. Was two and one. Yeah, Carry no, on. it's but you know, go look at it. I mean, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. They're incredible at home. They they just had yeah. one of the longest winning streaks when they lost that game to Washington State. UCLA, UCLA's tough to play at home. UCLA's a good team. They're yeah. battling Arizona for the for the Pac-12 championship. These teams are going to play hard. USC, USC's on the bubble to get into the NCAA tournament. That's a team that's going to be fighting for their playoff lives. They're going to need that. They can't lose to ASU and get into the NCAA tournament. They're going to need to win that game. So, yeah, it's good that you've got these three games, but damn, I I mean, it's very possible they come out of that 0-3 because you're playing three really good basketball teams. Of course. And you, you know what? Just to, I'll, I'll just add uh, to what you already said, which was good. Normally at this time of the year, you have some teams that might be resting on their laurels. Hey, we're, we're already got stuff wrapped up. We're, we, we don't have to play with urgency. Of course, you're going to go out as a college player and play hard in the game. But, you know, when, when teams have that edge, it's a little bit different, right? Um, you see that at the NBA level, too. When these NBA guys have something to play for, it's like, whoa, it's a different game. They're flying around at a faster pace. And Arizona State is not sneaking up on anybody. They're, they're, they're playing teams that still have a ton to play for. You mentioned Arizona and UCLA are battling for the Pac-12 championship, although UCLA is a two-game lead. But both of them are trying like crazy to get that number two seed in the West so that they can play in Las Vegas in the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight chance to go to the Final Four. So if they're not sneaking up on anybody, they're going to get everyone's best effort. Yeah, let me get your thoughts on just the what's going on right now at the Pac-12 with UCLA and USC leaving, and we've discussed whether Arizona would you know go to the Big Twelve and 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 you know really help there you know bad basketball wise that would be tremendous. But the four corner schools in Arizona State, Arizona, uh, Colorado, Utah, maybe in the Big Twelve, Washington and Oregon, the Big Ten. I mean the Pac-12. Obviously, having a hard time coming up with a television deal that would make everybody happy. Where do you see the future of this conference? I'm worried about it. I mean, I don't have any of the answers. I don't have like an inside track on on what's going to happen. I don't think anybody does, but I'm definitely worried. So I was, along with everybody, I was devastated, surprised that USC and UCLA were leaving. And I was kind of mad at first. Just, and I'm mad more at that, like, we're in this place in college sports where money drives everything and almost nothing else matters. I think that's a kind of a depressing place to be. However, when I do take a step back, Gambo and Steve, I, I understand it. Like for us, for us to ignore that money isn't important. Don't, those are the type of people who don't really understand how athletic departments work. You, you need money to, to, to do all these things. 
Um, and so when we're talking about the Big Ten making potentially like $20 million more per year, that's a staggering number per school, by the way. That's a staggering number to think about. And, and you have to at least think as an athletic director, as coaches, like there is a sacrifice being made that these, these USC and UCLA athletes are going to have to fly across this country just to play. You know, we're talking not just football and basketball, but, you know, uh, lacrosse and tennis and all that stuff. Yeah. All those athletes are going to be taking a ton of time out of their academic schedules to compete like that. That's going to be crazy. However, there are some benefits to this. So when I take a step back and look at it, I, I actually understand why USC and UCLA are making this move. I'm just sad that it that it came down to this. Um, as far as the four corner schools, I mean, Colorado came from the Big 12, so it wouldn't be a surprise if they returned there. Um, Arizona, I mean, they're obviously a basketball school, one of the best basketball schools in, the, in this uh, wonderful country that we live in. Um, of course, if you were the Big 12, would you not want to go after Arizona? That would be a a, a massive addition. So I would be. I am very scared. If I was George Kliakoff, the the uh, commissioner of the Pac-12, I'd be super scared that they're going to take away a program like Arizona and Arizona State and and what they could add to the Big Twelve. I, um, uh, yeah. Again, guys, I'm worried. I'm a Pac-12 guy. I've been uh, born and raised in Los Angeles, California. And uh, I, I don't want to see this this conference dissolve, or if if it stays together, to have it be like a, a mid major conference. That would that would break my heart. And I don't even know what Stanford's going to do if all this goes down. No yeah. idea. Well, I did see Stanford play the best game, their best game of the year when they beat U of A a few weeks ago. So you you've always got that. All right, Case, I, I appreciate the time. I'm sure we'll be talking a lot more. We'll, we'll catch up with you when the Pac-12 tournament starts. Get your ideas and thoughts on on who's going to win that thing. But I appreciate you coming on for a few minutes, my friend. Of course, guys, an honor. Have a good week.